Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans again today. Today is the 27th of October, 2020. The time is 9.28 a.m. Today is the 27th day of October, 2020. The time is 9.28 a.m. And today is Tuesday. And we just thank God for another day. We just bless his holy name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for another day that, oh God, I still have a voice. I'm still in my sound mind, God. I praise you and I honor you and I worship you. And I give you thanks. Without you, we could do nothing. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who guides us, leads us into all truth who comforts us, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, you're the healer. You are a deliverer. You're the God of peace. I pray that everyone that would receive this teaching, Father God, that they would be in perfect peace once their mind is stayed on you. We give you glory, we give you praise. And Father, I ask, Lord God, I don't take it lightly that you're you're ministering through this vessel to spread the good news to the world. I am very grateful. I'm so ever grateful for the cross. I'm forever grateful that you came to seek and save the lost. And I'm forever grateful for the cross. I'm forever grateful that you came to seek and to save the lost. Blessed be the name of the Lord, the, the bell, ring the bells of heaven. I need the every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I need thee every hour, stay thou nearby temptations lose their power when thou art nigh i need thee oh i need thee every hour i need thee oh bless me now my savior 
I come to thee. I need thee every hour in joy or pain. Come quickly and abide all life is vain i need thee oh i need thee every hour i need thee oh bless me now my savior i come to thee I need the every hour most holy one oh make me thine indeed thou blessed son I need the oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I come to thee. I come. To the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear Falling on my air The Son of God discloses And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known he speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me i am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known i'd stay in the garden with him though the night around me be falling but he bids me go through the voice of woe 
His voice to me is calling and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known none other has ever known more about jesus i would know more of his love to others show more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me more more about jesus more more about jesus more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me more about jesus let me learn more of his holy will discern spirit of god my teacher be showing the things of christ to me more more about jesus more more about jesus more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me more about jesus in his word holding communion with my lord hearing his voice in every line making each faithful saying mine more more about jesus more more about jesus more of his saving fullness seek more of his love who died for me more about jesus on his throne riches and glory all his own more of his kingdom sure increase more of his coming prince of peace more more about jesus more more of about jesus more of his saving fullness seek more of his love who died for me more more about jesus more more about jesus more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me more more about jesus we will glorify the king of kings we will glorify the lord we will glorify the lord of lords 
who is the great I am. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords, who is the great I am. Who is the great I am. Jesus is the great I am. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Something was pressing on me this morning and I need to say it and the person who will hear this um, they would be like oh please I did it from my heart and yes they did it from their heart but sometimes you allow people to go to their grave and you never say thanks you might say thanks in secret but you never went to their face and say thanks you might went to gone to their face and say thanks but sometimes you you need to let the, the, the world know how grateful you are, how grateful you are. And you always hear me say, thank God for my voice. Because some people's voice are silent in the grave. Well, thank God for my voice, because when the enemy tried to silence my voice by throwing me in the mental institution, I would have been there for life and you would not have been able to hear this voice speaking. I thank God that there are people on this earth who the seed inside of them, they didn't let die in them, but they pour it out to others. So I am grateful. I'm forever grateful for the cross. I'm forever grateful that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. But there are people on earth who God would use to come minister to you, comfort you, give you the word of God. And some people never turn around and say, thank you. Like the lepers, one came back and said, thank you. And that one, I believe not only God is healing, but he got his total deliverance. And so this morning, I want to say publicly that I am forever grateful for God using a mighty man of God, Minister Kendall Nottage, who God used that vessel to pour out because we all have glory inside of us but we all need to pour it out and so here is a man of God who has a heart of compassion who have the gift of help the gift the person of of encouragement seeking others here is a man of god who would have poured out to the people in baintown or st agnes constituency who would have poured out all around this nation in the islands 
and a lot of people don't know, but I am proclaiming it this morning so you can know. And I thank God that God used him to come to that institution and he was able to deliver me out of there. Now God delivered me out of there, but there are times when God would use helping hands and voices to get you out of some places. I'm forever grateful to Minister Kendall Nottage because if it wasn't for that, my voice would have been locked away in a mental institution. But I give you the praise. I give you the praise, Lord Jesus, for using that mighty man of God. He wouldn't want nobody to know that because he does things for people that you'd never hear of unless they open their mouth and say it. May God bless him, his wife, his children, his grandchildren, and his children's children. God bless you, Mr. Nottage. This is the voice they try to shut up. Thank God for your willing, obedient servant that came to release me out of there. I'm forever grateful to you, sir. I'm forever grateful that you came instructed by the Holy Spirit, not by man, instructed by the Holy Spirit that you came. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. And you didn't come empty. You came, you came. And then you discovered that, hey, I am, I mean, <laughs> didn't even have no juice, no, <laughs> no biscuits, no nothing. You went back and you come and bring in a cup of ice. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. And biscuits. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. And juice. Thank you, Mr. Nottage. Thank you, God ever and I mean it, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I thank you that you didn't think it robbery to come here to this property with the other saints and walk around this property and pray on this property and ask God to restore me. You didn't think it robbery? Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To walk around not even thinking that, oh, they banana trees and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my clothes stained up. You, in your position, humbled yourself and came along with the saints and worship around this yard. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I'm still in the same property. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your willing obedience. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I remember I have to say this because I have to pour it out. You don't tell the people after they go under. I remember, it, I think it was Christmas time. I don't know. I didn't know where the next piece of meat or whatever was coming from. And hey, Vehicle pull up here. His 
Mr. Nottage's uh, Bible study group sent all kinds of stuff that I needed put together and brought it here. Oh, I'm forever grateful. Thank you. Willing obedience, pouring out glory. You poured out glory, Mr. Nottage, to so many people around this nation. The half has never yet been told. So God bless you this morning. I must say that. The Bible says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Here was a, an unwilling and obedient servant that he took the time to come up there to the mental institution. Thank you, Minister Norwich. I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praises due, I stand in awe of you. We stand, we stand in awe of you. We stand, we stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praises due, we stand in awe of you. So this morning we're still talking about glory. And some people are jealous for the glory. One important, we're going to read some scriptures. Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. Exodus 20, verse 5 says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, talking about graven image, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And so when I didn't bow down to the world, the world says, okay, you know what we're going to do with you? We're going to throw you in a mental institution, shut up your mouth, that is. But I didn't bow down. No, no, no. And Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24, um, 4, verse 24 declares, For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. He is a jealous God. And Mark, Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Mark chapter 11 verse 17 says, I will find that now. Mark 11 and 17 says, 
And he taught, saying unto them, It is not, is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. I remember some years ago when the Holy Spirit said, Your house is going to be called a house of prayer for all people. Oh, and I didn't fully understand it. But as as days and years went by, I unraveled the, ministry, the mystery because this is a house of prayer for all people from anywhere. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. And John chapter 2, verse 17. John 2 and 17 says, And his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house had eaten me up. And Psalms chapter 69, blessed be the name of the Lord most high. Psalms 69, verse 9 declares, For the zeal of thine house had eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproached thee are fallen upon me thank you father for your word one important key we're talking about being jealous for glory one important key to understanding the bible is to recognize that it is god-centered not man-centered everything in scripture is presented from the perspective of god's person God's purposes and his ways. God is very jealous both for the reputation of his name and for his glory. When he gave the second commandment prohibiting the making of graven images, God said, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Shortly before his death, Moses reminded the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and 24, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. God is jealous, not in the negative sense of being mistrustful, but in the positive sense of being protective and watchful. He is protective of his name and his holiness. Another way to look at this is to say that God is zealous for the integrity of his good name. It is a kind of jealousy that Jesus displayed when he overturned the tables of the money changers in the temple and drove them out saying, is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. Commenting on this event, years later, John wrote, his disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. God is very, very jealous of for his name, very. He wants, that's why he said, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. God is very jealous for his name. He wants his glory to fill the whole earth so that all people everywhere will know that he is God. 
Everything that God does toward man is redemptive in nature. Even his judgment has a redemptive purpose behind it. God is omnipotent and nothing can prevent him from accomplishing his purposes. Nothing. If this is true, then why does God so often allow trials, hardships, and obstacles to come in the way of his people? Why doesn't he just sweep them away and accomplish his will quickly and directly? The answer has to do with his glory. God's power, nature, character, and glory can be seen by the most people as he works through those difficulties. When people see God working through and overcoming obstacles, they will know he is God and will give him glory. So that's why I gave him glory. Because if you if you ever read my book, <laughs> my books, you'd be like, it had to be God who delivered her. He said, I am the Lord. One of the most biblical examples of God working this way is the account in Exodus of his deliverance of the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. Well, I was delivered from the mental institution. Most of you were delivered from something. God could simply have brought them out immediately and directly, but that way, neither the Israelites nor the Egyptians would have come to know him in his glory. For that reason, God chose to work through the resistance of Pharaoh and his advisors. By the time it was all over, both Israel and Egypt knew that God was the Lord. I think right now God working in us through this pandemic, right? It's humbling. It's scary. But a lot of people are drawing near to God. Unfortunately, a lot of people are just, they, 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 they don't know God. They have no faith. They don't know the word. So they go into depression. Some go into su suicidal tendencies. Oh my gosh. And so we are to pray. We are to pray for the nations of the world and the people. Throughout the Exodus story, God reveals this as his purpose. In Exodus chapter six and seven, the word says, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Sometimes he brings us out of something. We have terrible storms. He brings us out of it and for five days we remember and then after that we forgot him. Exodus chapter seven verse five says, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out of it. And he says again in the word, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them, but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. It's amazing, a wicked person like Pharaoh He's going to get his glory. Oh, yes. And so, therefore, in the earth where we live, yeah, he works through wicked people. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart. He hardened his heart. And he will pursue them. 
and I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Exodus 14, 4. And Exodus 14, verse 18 says, The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. In Exodus chapter 29, verse 46, it says, They will know that I am the Lord their God, who brought them out of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. This self-revelation of God is evident even when he calls to Moses from the midst of the burning bush. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, 7 to 8, and 9 to 10 says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out, because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned, uh, concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. When Moses asked how he should answer the Israelites, when they asked him who sent him, God says, this is how you do it. This is what you say. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 to 15, these are the instructions God gave him. You, Moses, are to say, I am who I am. That's it. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Then God gives Moses a hint of what to expect when he returns to Egypt. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 19 to 20, it says, But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. Moses, however, was afraid to manifest his glory. Moses was afraid to manifest his glory. Moses thought the job was too big. How many times God has given us an assign assignment and we think, oh, I can't handle that. That's just too big. If it's too big, you know, it could be done by God. He thought the job was too big, the assignment too great even tried to talk God into sending someone else. Like Moses, almost 100% of all of the people on the earth are afraid to manifest their glory. Just as Moses made excuses to God as to why he could not do what God asked, so we are on the earth the same way. 
God responded by providing Moses with a secret for exposing his glory. The secret was, I will be with you. The very thing that Cain lost, Moses found. Moses found the presence and Cain lost the presence. The secret to manifesting glory is the presence of God. When God is sending me somewhere, months and months before, he gives me visions and he gives me visions and then he said, okay, now I park. Don't know where you're going, but park. And so if I go without his presence, I better stay home. He will squeeze, he will squeeze us. When Moses arrived in Egypt, he went to Pharaoh and put the squeeze on the king. Okay, okay, Pharaoh, here it is. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Could you imagine Moses standing up to the king saying, look, I come with a message. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. That was the message. Exodus chapter 5 was 1. Pharaoh, however, squeezed right back. <laughs> okay, Moses, what 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 I'm gonna do to you? Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord. And I will not let Israel go. You better write that down, Moses. I am not going to let them go. Then instead of then instead of lightening the burden of the Israelites, Pharaoh increased it by refusing to supply them with straw for the bricks they made, as he had done previously. Now the Israelites had to find their own straw. Yet, they have to continue to make the same amount of bricks. Could you imagine? This development caused the Israelite foreman to rail angrily at Moses and Aaron. May the Lord look upon you and judge you. You have made us a stench to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. That's what they told Moses. I don't know if you want to be Moses. Moses in turn complained to God. Oh Lord, why have you brought trouble upon these people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon this people and you have not rescued your people at all. By all appearances, round one of this squeeze had gone to Pharaoh. Boxing match. In truth, however, God was just getting started. Then the Lord said to Moses in Exodus chapter 6 verse 1, Now, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. Now, 
The great contest begins. Big match. Big contest. The great contest began in earnest as God himself say, okay, Pharaoh, I'm going to squeeze you. You watch what I'm going to do to you. Pharaoh's initial response is not surprising. After all, he did not yet know the God of Israel and had no reason to fear him or obey his command to let the Israelites go. And so here is this great Pharaoh, the king, in a country where the people had a God for just about everything, it was only natural that over the generations, rulers with such absolute power as the pharaohs enjoyed would themselves be regarded as gods. The Egyptian people believed that the pharaohs were actually descended from the gods. So by the time of the Exodus, they not only followed and obeyed Pharaoh, but they worshipped him as well. It's still happening in the world. We're going around worshipping people. There are no gods. God always wants to expose his glory so that people can see and know him. But Pharaoh's stubbornness and resistance gave God the perfect opportunity. The contest that followed was a matchup between the false gods of Egypt and the God of Israel, the one true God. Since Pharaoh did not know the Lord, God said, he has a great opportunity for this little fellow to meet me. So I'm going to squeeze him and let him bring my glory out of him. God then sent a series of 10 plagues. Well, we have a plague right now. God then sent a series of 10 plagues on Egypt. Each one more severe than the preceding one. At the beginning of this pandemic, it was not, not so bad. And then it got worse, it got worse. And now it's worse. One more severe than the preceding one. And each one a direct attack on one of the so-called gods of Egypt, including Pharaoh himself. So let the people say, oh, God don't know nothing about this plague. He knows very much about the plague. We are to just seek him and stay in the ark, stay in his presence, stay in his divine protection. Through Moses, God turned the waters of the Nile River to blood killing all life in it. This is a great and terrible God. Same God. He didn't go away. He's the same God today. Because he said, he's a God yesterday, today, and forever. The Egyptians, you see, worshipped the Nile as a God. Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the Israelites go. God squeezed them a little harder inundating Egypt with frogs. Recently I heard we have some strange frogs in the Bahamas. Nothing new under the sun. Let's go back to the Bible. Let's study the Bible. Let's get some revelation from the Holy Spirit. God squeezed a little harder 
inundating Egypt with frogs. At first, Pharaoh seemed to give in, then changed his mind and hardened his heart once again. Then God sent a plague of gnats, followed by a plague of flies. Flies were everywhere. In eyes, there was flies, in their ears, and in their mouths, in the wash basin, in the tubs, in the cooking pots, everywhere flies. After the flies, Pharaoh caught Moses and said, okay, 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 go, okay, your God wins. The fly war, okay, your God wins. Now pray for him to take them away. You Pharaoh, you Moses, you better pray to your God that he would take away these flies. God's squeeze play was beginning to hurt. Moses prayed and God took away the flies. But Pharaoh again hardened his heart and refused to release the Israelites. The next plague killed all the livestock of the Egyptians. This is the same God who people say, oh, he don't do no evil. Okay. Huh. Okay. And they'd say, oh, no, God wouldn't do that. Okay. This is the same God. The next plague killed all the livestock of the Egyptians, but did not touch those of the, of the Israelites. God followed that with an epidemic of painful boils that attacked both people and animals. Once again, Pharaoh would not budge. This time, however, the scripture says, the scripture says in Exodus chapter 9 verse 12, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said to Moses. God had told Moses he was going to harden Pharaoh's heart. This does not mean that God took over Pharaoh's mind so that he could not change, but that God allowed him to continue to have a stubborn heart. At this point, God appealed to Pharaoh's common sense. And the Bible says in, 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 in Exodus chapter 9, verse 13 to 16, Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning, confront Pharaoh, and say to him, The time God will tell you to confront the evil one. Get up early in the morning, confront Pharaoh, and say to him, This is what the Lord, the God of, he of the Hebrews says, let my people go so that they may worship me or this time I will send the full force of my plagues against you and against your officials and your people. So you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with a plague that would have wiped you off the earth. But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Pharaoh refused to listen, however. So the Lord sent a great hailstorm that destroyed crops and killed any animals left in the fields. 
following the hail was a plague of locusts that devoured the fruit on the trees and whatever crops were left in the fields. Then he sent three days of darkness throughout Egypt. Okay, as it was in the beginning, so it will be in the end. You think that we're not going to experience three days of darkness? You wait. And then you'll come back and you'll tell me. When that happened, don't go outside. Stay inside. This might sound like a joke, but this is not a joke. This is reality. We don't know what is about to come on this earth. All we know, we better stay in the presence of God. Stay with the word. Stay loving him. Stay doing his will. And Paul said, in whatever state I find myself, I learn to be content. And then Paul says, whether I live, I live unto the Lord, or whether I die, I am the Lord's. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So, three days of darkness throughout Egypt, but it wasn't in Goshen. You see? The Egyptians wicked evil people but in Goshen was the light was the people of God so three days of darkness throughout Egypt except in Goshen where the Israelites lived came on the heels of the locusts after the locusts that darkness came to Egypt stay in the light stay in his presence by this time, Pharaoh was beginning to weaken. After each plague, he got closer and closer to actually letting the Israelites go. But always at the last minute, he, he, he said no, and he hardened his heart again. In fact, after the plague of darkness, the scripture says once again that, that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. This time, Pharaoh was so obstinate that he threatened to kill Moses if Moses came to him again. In other words, he said in his bedroom, look, I'm going to kill him. Watch when he come here. I'm going to kill him. It is ironic that even as Pharaoh threatened Moses with death, God was preparing to send the tenth and final plague. That tenth and final plague was the death of all the firstborn in Egypt. I want to say that again. God was preparing to send the tenth and final plague. And tenth and final plague was the death of all the firstborn in Egypt. The Israelites were spared this plague by spreading lamb's blood on the doorposts of their houses. Remaining indoors, here, here it is. Well, the Israelites were spared this plague by spreading lamb's blood on the doorposts of their houses, remaining indoors. Now we're talking about this plague, and when they say stay home, you don't want to stay home. But look, we go back to the Bible. They were, sp they were spared by putting lamb's blood on the doorposts of their houses, remaining indoors and eating a meal of lamb, bitter herbs and unleavened bread, even while dressed for travel at a moment's notice. 
This was the institution of the Passover, which would forever commemorate God's deliverance of Israel from Egyptian slavery. God poured on the pressure, the final squeeze. That night, someone died in every Egyptian household, including Pharaoh's. The king had finally had enough. Exodus chapter 12 was 31 to 33. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites, go, worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds as you have said, and go. And also bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country. For otherwise, they said, we will all die. When the day came, the Israelites were not simply set free. They were practically driven out of Egypt. Pharaoh and the Egyptian people could no longer deny the power and glory of God. Whether they liked it or not, they now knew who he was. As for the Israelites, they now knew who God was too. He was their God, their Savior, and their Deliverer. They knew his power and had seen his glory. They had seen his glory. God squeezed Egypt and his glory came out. So, what an awesome, powerful God. He wants to squeeze the glory out of us. He wants to do that. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your teaching today. We give you thanks. We give you praise. You say, blessed are they that are hunger and thirst after righteousness, so for they shall be filled. We are hungry for your word. We want to know more of you. More about Jesus I would know. More of his love to others show. More of his saving fullness seek. More of his love who died for me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness seek. More of his love who died for me. And so therefore, the Egyptians, when the time came, the Israelites were not simply, not only simply set free, they were practically driven out of Egypt. And Pharaoh and the Egyptian people could no longer deny the power and glory of God. Whether they liked it or not, they now knew who God was. As for the Israelites, they now knew who God was too. He was their God, their Savior and Deliverer. They knew his power and had seen his glory. God squeezed Egypt and his glory came out. 
I believe God is about to step out in a powerful way, in an awesome, supernatural glory on this earth. And the ones who are in darkness, they, the wicked, gonna see, oh my, this is a great and terrible God. And the one who calls themselves Christians, they're gonna really, really, really experience the power of God. And so, Father, we thank you for your word today, Holy Spirit. God, I ask you to cover your people, cover, cover all of us with your grace and your mercy, joy, love today. May the peace of God and pass it all understanding God, our hearts and mind today in the name of Jesus. And I, I pray that you will send a, a spirit of comfort over them in the name of Jesus. That the hearers of this teaching will not only be hearers, but they will be doers of your word in the name of Jesus. Continue to enlighten us. Continue to give us revelation. Father God, in the last days you said, knowledge shall be increased. Thank you for increasing our knowledge and our understanding of your word in the name of Jesus. Help us to be zealous for you, to know more about you. I give you praise and I give you honor and I give you glory. In Jesus' name. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is Apostle Shirley Evans saying, God bless you today. I love you and stay safe.